Grace to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today, our first reading, especially these verses. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a mighty wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This is our text. It's a fascinating event, isn't it? Full of sights and sounds and miracles. A wonderful demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power. Thousands of of people coming to faith in a single day. Thousands more in the weeks and months which followed. So let's see what what we can learn about how the Holy Spirit works by examining the events of Pentecost. Let's uh, begin with a word about how he doesn't work. He's not in your face like, say, a, a drill sergeant yelling and nagging demanding and intimidating. He could act that way. He could force people to believe. He could force us to do whatever he wanted us to do. But he doesn't. He doesn't work that way. He's not in your face. Rather, he's by your side. And that's what Jesus promised in John 16 when he talks about the helper that he would send, namely the Holy Spirit. And that word translated helper actually means one who is called alongside another. That's how the Spirit works, by coming alongside us to help us, walking with us, encouraging and guiding us. Girls and boys, remember when you were learning to ride a, a two-wheeler? And your mom or dad or whoever was, was teaching you would walk along or, or, or run alongside you so that you wouldn't accidentally fall off. That's the way it works in theory, anyway. Uh, not always in, in real life, as I can tell you from the time that, that, uh, that I was teaching our oldest son, Andy, to ride his bike. We, we took him to the church parking lot where I was serving at the time, and everything started out okay. Got him on his bike. He knew how to pedal because he'd been riding a three-wheeler for some time. And started out, he was balancing pretty well. We were walking, I was walking along, and the, the, that parking lot kind of slopes uh, downward slightly. So he was picking up speed, and I was having to go faster and faster, and I I decided that uh, he knew what he was doing. He was doing really well, so I left him on his own. It's about that time that I realized that I had forgotten to share with him a pretty important piece of information, and that's how to put on the brakes. Fortunately, the uh, garage door that he ran into um, had a little bit of give to it, so he didn't get hurt. Funny thing, nobody's asked me since then to help their kids learn to ride a bike. The Spirit never makes that kind of mistake. He never leaves our side. Not that we're always aware of his presence, 
Ordinarily, he doesn't call much, too much attention to himself. Don't, don't let the events of, of Pentecost mislead you. That's not the way he normally works. Pentecost was an exception. He usually works behind the scenes where he's very comfortable and very effective. He doesn't want the spotlight to be on himself, but rather on Jesus. Now, we didn't hear too much of of Peter's Pentecost sermon today, but go back this afternoon or sometime this week to Acts chapter 2 and read the whole thing. There's not much in there about the Holy Spirit. Almost all of it is about Jesus. Even on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit's big day, he inspired Peter to preach about Jesus. That's because Jesus is the Savior. He's the one who lived and died and rose again for each one of us. The focus is on Jesus. And that's just fine with the Holy Spirit. Someone has said that the Spirit is the forgotten person in the Trinity. Now, if you're following along in the sermon outline, do not write that in the blank because it's wrong. He's not the forgotten person. He's the bashful person of the Trinity. Doesn't call attention to himself. He stays behind the scenes. His job, and he loves his job, is to work behind the scenes. To bring us to faith. To keep us in the faith. To help us live out our faith. Did you hear the common denominator in all of that? Faith. That's the Spirit's job. We have faith because of the Holy Spirit. He wants to make sure that our faith is in Christ Jesus. And when he brings us to faith in Christ, he shows us what God is really like. We would not know Otherwise, oh, we'd come up with with some kind of picture on our own, but it would not be at all accurate. Reading from John chapter 1, no one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, that's Jesus, he has made him known. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. When God wanted to reveal himself to us, He sent Jesus. Earlier in chapter 1, John refers to Jesus as the Word who became flesh and dwelt among us. In pointing to Jesus, the Holy Spirit remains behind the scenes. That's one way he works. The second is through the Word. And remember what we just heard John say about who the Word is. Jesus. The Spirit works through him, the Word, to communicate to us vital truths about the grace of God. Jesus is the Word of God in the flesh. In him we learn of a God who who lived with his people, who loves and saves and serves his people. The Spirit works through him. 
and through another word as well, the Bible. The Bible is the word of God on paper. We could say that, that it, is, it is the written word that tells us about the living word. We need both. That presents a challenge for us though, doesn't it? For the most part, people learn best what we see and experience, not just what we hear and read. Especially today, people want our information given to us concisely and, and preferably with pictures and maybe some action. In our age of communication, ironically, it's difficult to communicate with words. And yet that's how the Holy Spirit chooses to work. St. Paul tells us it pleased God through the folly of what we preach through our words to save those who believe. And the Lord promises in the Old Testament through the prophet Isaiah, my word will not return to me empty. The Spirit is at work through the Word, behind the scenes, and through the Word, and in His people. Now maybe you like that, maybe you don't. Maybe you think it would be better if the Spirit left you out of this. If He worked on His own without people like you or me to get in His way or to mess things up. Sometimes I think that way, but it doesn't really matter what you or I think about it, does it? It's not our call. The Holy Spirit has chosen to work this way, to work in his people, to work to help us the most important work of living the Christian faith, sharing the Christian faith. Our text has a couple of pointers about how we can go about doing that. It gives us two keys to communicating the truth of God's word. The first one is that we seek to understand. Our text shows what happens when people don't do that. Peter and the other apostles were doing something very surprising, strange. They were speaking in foreign languages they had never studied. What was the reaction of those who witnessed that event? Did they seek to understand what was going on? Well, some did. We're told that, that they asked, what does this mean? Others did not. They made fun of the disciples and said, ah, they've had too much new wine. No effort to understand. Instead, they tried to dismiss the whole thing by making fun of it. Well, that's not the way the Spirit works. He's not the way, it's not the way that he wants us to work either. He wants us to seek to understand others so we can relate to them. We need to know what worries them, what motivates them, what makes them smile or cry. And when we've done that, well then we're ready for the next step, which is to speak to be understood. 
which is what Peter and the other apostles did at Pentecost. And the most obvious way they did that was, was by speaking in the native tongues of, of those visitors to Jerusalem. That was the most obvious. Not the most important. The most important was their message. They spoke very clearly the words those people needed to hear. And they did it in a way that the people could understand by relating it to their lives, connecting it with familiar things. Peter knew that the Jews were skeptical of the claim that that Jesus was the Messiah. So he quoted to them a prophecy from the Old Testament with, with which they were all familiar. He spoke in such a way that they could understand and accept what he was saying. That doesn't mean that he delivered some kind of of watered-down message that just told them what they wanted to hear. No, he told them exactly what they needed to hear. And he was pretty blunt about it. He very specifically named Jesus as the one who fulfilled the Old Testament prophecies and the one who was crucified by some, some people in their very midst who had hated him and rejected him. Do they understand all that? Well, as much as anyone can understand the grace of God. We call that kind of understanding faith. And faith is exactly what was worked that day. That's the Spirit's main job. To bring us to faith. To keep us in the faith. To help us live out our faith. That last one, helping us to live out our faith, prompts me to give you a little bonus today. It's kind of an under-promise and over-deliver approach to sermonizing. I said I was going to give you two keys to good communication. I'm actually going to give you a third at no extra charge, except shipping and handling, of course. That third one might be the most important. Actions speak louder than words. It is true that people learn best when what they hear and read is reinforced by what they see and experience. That is also how the Spirit works. He helps us to live out our faith, to live what we believe so that by our words and our actions we can show others how beautiful it is to live with Jesus see when God's word and our words and our actions all say the same thing the communication is unmistakably clear. So you know what that means, don't you? How does the Spirit work? He works through you. Amen. And the peace of God which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.